Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Chris, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey, anytime. Doing good, guys. How are you? We're doing really well. You've seen a ton of Notre Dame. Tell me why or why not this team's going to end up in the college football playoff when it's all said and done. Oh, well, I think it's pretty easy. I mean, the main reason is the offensive line, and that's why. I mean, when you really break it down, those five offensive linemen you got, four of them are are legit NFL players. The two guys on the left, that's the best combo in college football for my money. Uh, Mike McGlinchey at left tackle, he is a definite potential first-rounder. The left guard, Quentin Nelson, is also a first-rounder. So they can dominate, dominate people in the run game from that side of the ball. It forces defenses a lot of times to shift their strength over there. And like I said, the guys on the other side aren't too shabby. But guys, what really puts them over the top, I mean, you've seen the running back, Josh Adams, certainly. This Notre Dame team, though, they're, they're real. Like, with, with Winbush at quarterback, he's another legit running back. He's what's taking their team over the edge, in my opinion, because the design quarterback runs, his struggles throwing the ball early in the season made them have to focus more on the run game, and it really just made them a tougher, more physical football team. Chris, what I saw in that NC State ball game was a running attack that wanted to get out on the perimeter. Now, they weren't successful doing that against that fast and furious Georgia defense earlier in the season, so it's been primarily the focus has been between the tackles. Now you get outside, you you make some hay there, and then you go back and attack the middle of the defense. Has that been the the agenda here lately for this offensive line, which I agree with you, that left side, they're they're beasts, but has that been the key to their success moving forward after that Georgia game? Yeah, I do think so. And, And, you know, Georgia the one thing I'll say, like Notre Dame wasn't out-athleted that day, that day in Georgia. The one thing, you know, being on the field, seeing them, USC, North Carolina State in person, I mean, Georgia's had some of the big dudes in the front seven, as you guys know. I mean, it was true SEC football, not only the D linemen, but they got NFL linebackers, too, on the edge of the defense. So that made things tough, and I do think Notre Dame's a much better football team now than where they are uh, now than where they were then. I think they found themselves, but you're right, B., uh, what they do right now to me, yes, is they stress a defense out to the point where, you know, what part of the field do you really defend? Because, yeah, a lot of teams go into the game going, we're not going to let them run it right up, our, you know, right up our face here between the tackles and just smash mouth football. And Notre Dame goes, fine, you know, stop that. But we'll fake that and we'll get Winbush on the edge or we'll pull a guard around the edge with Winbush running behind it. And as you guys have seen, he is completely capable of breaking off 50- and 60-yard touchdown runs. But the other thing that puts them over the top is they're receivers on the outside. They're legit. And, I mean, you guys know I've been around football my whole life. These are, these are uh, they got great size. They got legit speed. They are NFL prospects on the outside. So where you get in trouble with Notre Dame, too, because Winbush has become definitely a better deep ball thrower, you go, man, what do we do? Do we leave our corners on an island one-on-one just to get another guy in the box to stop the run game? That's where they become really dangerous. Uh, they really make you defend almost every inch of the field, and that's why they're stressing defenses out. G. Owen Jones with Chris Sims across the country on CBS Sports Radio. I want to take you back to the Georgia loss and the infamous Brian Kelly press conference. We know how things have gone since then. At the time, did you believe that 
Brian Kelly and this team was in trouble? Or did you, and be honest, did you have the foresight to say they're going to be okay because they're just too stacked to have this thing fall apart like it did the year before? Yeah, I really did. And honestly, you can go back and look at things I said before the year. I really thought they were a good football team. Did I know if they were going to beat Georgia? I knew people going into that Georgia game were telling me how good Georgia was this year. And, you know, to uh, see Georgia in person when everybody was telling me they, were, they had a chance to be one of the top teams in football, I sat there on the field that Saturday night and just said, well, there's not much difference between Georgia and Notre Dame. So just from the eye test alone, I said, they're in the same class. And as you could, if you guys remember, man, that Georgia game, a little controversial. I mean, one-handed uh, touchdown catch in the, the back right of the end zone that was called incomplete and then overturned. And I still don't know how they overturned it. It was not conclusive evidence, at least in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I really did think they would turn around. If you just around this team this year, one thing you've got to give Brian Kelly a lot of credit for, he reevaluated himself. He got rid of both the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. He got Mike Elko in there to run the defense, Chip Long to run the offense, and now he's managing the football game, managing the team at a better level. And, uh, yeah, I did believe in this Notre Dame, so sorry for that long answer, but just because of that (laughs) O-line and that running attack. Well, let's talk about Mike Elko because he uh, comes highly advertised for for the job he did there at Wake Forest, fielding some good defenses, and they haven't fallen off too much since he left. But – that side of the ball for Notre Dame does not get talked about that much. How impressed are you with those guys, and tell me why. Yeah, I mean, it does start with Elko. I think the big thing is, you know, when they had Van Gorder there last year as a defensive coordinator, it was a Rex Ryan scheme. And, you know, Rex Ryan's scheme, okay, great. That's good in the NFL for guys who have been around the block and really understand football. But for college kids, it's just too much thinking. And I think what the big thing Elko did is, he basically simplified it and just said, listen, we play these two or three defenses. We're going to be really good at it. And then within that, you guys are going to focus on hustling and stripping the ball and baiting the quarterback in zone coverages. And that's what they do. They don't let you be, you know, they don't beat themselves. They don't let up a lot of big plays. They're good tacklers. They understand how an offense is trying to attack them. And then they got some big guys as far as like Tillery, uh, number 99, is a D tackle who's a very good player. This Tavon Coney, number four, the middle linebacker is legit. And then these corners on the outside, you take number seven Watkins, uh, number 27 Julian Love. They've done a really good job all year, man-to-man, zone coverage, whatever it may be. But the defense is certainly one of the most improved parts of the football team. I can't believe I'm the person that's going to start this conversation, but how about them Longhorns, man? What do you think, man? Oh, shut what, up. What, 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 what do you think? Hook them horns by God, man. What, what? Well, there's nothing to think about. You know? <laughs> I mean, if we're going to keep it real, we're just we're average. That's all we are this year. That's all we can say. Well, we're Chris, real average. Chris, the defense is alive and well, and they just ran out of gas versus TCU a week ago. But I, I think you would agree that offensive line is in shambles. Nine yards rushing, that was it, versus TCU last week. Brian, I'll just say this. I, I, first of all, you know, I'm a Big 12 guy. I can't stand watching Big 12 football. I really can't. It's, it's flag football. It's seven-on-seven. Seven. Watching a game like Oklahoma State, Oklahoma last week, 62-56, to 56, that ain't fun to me. I, I like to actually watch defenses tackle and play football. Uh, so, to me, the conference is weak. Texas is weak. I want Texas to get back to kind of the way it was when, when I was down there and you were covering the team, Brian. Like, can we get away from this Big 12 spread offense crap and get some 
pro offensive lineman, get me a professional running back, and let's go back to, like, smash-mouth football and be a little different than the rest of the Big 12. That's the issue I got with Texas well, right I, now. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you because I, I like the defense Iowa State is employing. They go to, on the road and they lose 2016 to West Virginia, and TCU's defense is back. They've yeah, only given back. up they've yes. given up with 21 points the last two ball games. So you've seen some stout defenses, and, yeah, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, I think that's an aberration uh, as far as the season is concerned. Uh, I would rather see some better stops in that type of game, but I ain't gonna lie, sitting there, y- your head was on the swivel. That was like watching a tennis match, man. That was kind of fun, even for a defensive guy. Yeah, I can't even believe you're saying it as a defensive guy. <laughs> I can't I either. You've gone crazy. See, you've got all fantasy football crap world on me now. Geo <laughs> <laughs> and Jones with Chris Sims on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, we talked a lot about Notre Dame. Of the other teams that are right now ranked in that top four, uh, do you believe that uh, Georgia's a better team than than Alabama is right now, or is it just the fact that that Notre Dame victory is on their resume and that's why they're in that one slot? Yeah, I, I got to see it to believe it. I do think it's very close, but I would still put Alabama as the number one team. I mean, I, I would just, just, again, like the look test on TV – uh, again, the physicality of the Alabama run game, a lot like Notre Dame. Every week you just go, man, they can't surely just run it up the middle for 300 yards again, can they? And they just do it and do it and do it. And uh, I do think Georgia will hang in there with Alabama this year. Uh, I do wonder about the young quarterback having to play that Alabama defense and Nick Saban and can they consistently move the ball. But certainly the four teams they got in it, I've been real critical of the, the committee. I mean, you know, we got astronauts and politicians politicians on there and you know when they, when they ask like Brett Favre or somebody to be be ahead of a NASA committee then I'll say okay that's fair sounds good uh, but but I do really think they got the top four right I think these are legitimately the four best teams in the country right now you could have interchanged Notre Dame or Clemson at three or four for me it didn't matter but at least they got the the top four this is a breakdown Notre Dame Miami Miami has a damn good front uh, that front seven I've been singing their praises all season long offensively with Homer now taking over for Walton, he can be a home run hitter if you play defense, porous defense like Virginia Tech did last week. And this Malik, Malik Rogier, he has a swagger to him when he's he not does. throwing three interceptions like he did last week. Yeah, that, no doubt about it. I do like Malik Rozier's game, though. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he has been a guy that people open downfield. He can, he can rip it and get it down the field in the pass game. He can make plays happen with his legs. But I think what you said, really, uh, just from everything I've seen, like, you know, I, I'm not doing this game this week, so I haven't broke down Miami mm-hmm. on film, but watching them on college football all year, uh, you said it. The, they, their defensive front seven has the look. Uh, they are close to a Georgia-looking front seven mm-hmm. to me. So that's, to me, where the matchup is really going to be won and lost. Can Notre Dame continue to kind of impose their physical will in the run game? And, and you know, Miami's more power-based, I feel like, right now. They're not back to, like, the old Miami. We need to pump, pump the brakes on that where, you know, they got all these – Pro Bowl, NFL, All-Pro skill guys yet. So that's where I think, you know, the game is going to be a big physical game. Notre Dame's not going to get out-athleted by Miami in this matchup. In fact, I would argue that maybe Notre Dame has better athletes on the edge. It's very close. But I think it's going to be a close game. Of course, it's going to be a tough environment. I'm going Notre Dame like 28-24 type of football game. Cool. And you've said this a couple of times now, and it's a pertinent point that you're making, that they're not going to get out-athleted. So Brian Kelly, because the knock has been you can't recruit to Notre Dame, he's not getting the right type of player. He has gone out and got the right type of players that can match up with a Georgia, with an Alabama, with a Miami. 
He has. It's sneaky. And, again, that's where I say, you know, that's where that offense, when I talk about you know, you'll see number 29, Stefferson, number 83, Claypool, <clears throat> they can go. I mean, listen, I'm talking about NFL, college, whatever it may be, but they're 6'3", they're long, they can really jump. And if you play them man-to-man all game long, I can promise you they're going to run by somebody a few times, and that's the one thing Winbush has been able to do is take advantage of open receivers down the field. Talking to Chris Sims on Geo and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. I want to go to the NFL for a second. I know a lot of these situations have been dictated by injury, but can you believe some of the horrific quarterback play that we have seen in the league this year? I mean, Osweiler getting another opportunity. Drew Stanton, I thought that Brett Hundley would be better, but he's not. I mean, Case Keenum's been one of these guys who's actually been pretty good. I mean, but it's just backup city and C.J. Beathard. I know he's young, he's trying, but it just stinks. Uh, What's your take on some of these horrible quarterback situations in the NFL? Yeah, well, listen, not everybody can have 32 superstars. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the first thing I'll I'll say. And I do think this gets a little overblown just because, again, the fantasy thing. Everybody wants points, and I want my fantasy players, my receivers, and my running backs to have all these points and whatever. But, you know, I don't necessarily look at it as a quarterback problem. I mean, I think when you really go through the teams, hey, yeah, the good teams got good quarterbacks. The bad teams don't, plain and simple. There's good quarterbacks coming up the ranks. Uh, you know, yes, we're without Andrew Luck this year. We're without Aaron Rodgers. you got guys like Eli and Carson Palmer who are coming to the end, so there's a little transition there. Uh, you got the Patrick Mahomes and the Deshaun Watsons and the Mitchell Trubisky's coming. So uh, is it perfect? No. I always look at it like this, guys. I don't think there's more, much as a quarterback problem in the NFL as there is an offensive coordinator problem. I mean, we recycle crappy offensive coordinators more in this league than I've ever seen before. I mean, oh, you stunk at this job? Sure, wait two years and we'll give you the same job again and you could stink over here for us too. Uh, so to me, that's where it is. But uh, the other thing I'll say that's leading to sloppier quarterback play, again, I'm sorry for the long answer. When I watch film, they're letting DBs hold and push more this year. And I think that's why we've seen more low-scoring football games and a few uglier games in general. So we need a new influx of, of uh, coaching blood, if I'm reading you right or hearing well, you correctly. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, if I sat here and just marched off all the teams in football and you started, I'd go, you'd go, oh, okay, well, yeah, you know, the quarterback situation's not that bad. I mean, you know, I, I, listen, we're talking about the 10th team in the NFC is the Washington Redskins and Kirk Cousins, their quarterback. So that's not a bad thing. Uh, like we said, and then we've had a few unfortunate injuries to where you get backups in there that, yeah, they're just not going to be good enough to be exciting and turn an offense around and kind of carry a team on their back. That's why they're backups. I hear you, man. A lot of retreads, and they need to rethink that, some of these organizations. So appreciate yeah. you, buddy, and hook yeah. them horns. Yeah, hook Chris. Hook horns, baby. Be good, guys. Chris Sims on Geo and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. And uh, Chris Sims now, of course, with NBC Sports and Bleacher Report. Coming up next, we started the dream yesterday with the Bitter Man Show, <laughs> which is the spinoff of the Better Man Show. So mm. we've, we've got an update on that. And a update. Uh, yep, an we update on that. It doesn't have any legs. No, oh, we, it does. I it's we it's got that yesterday. No, it's got plenty of legs. It's Uh-oh. got legs and arms and a face. <laughs> and and also Ugly baby. We've got we got some NFL <laughs> to get into as the show rolls on. But first, Brian, listen to him. Damn it. That's Jeez. right. Here's God. the deal. Listen Relief factor is not just for former or present athletes. Not at all. It's for anyone struggling with pain. Yes, athletes, but also yes. For anyone with back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, foot pain, hand pain, or general muscle aches and pain. 
You can be 30 or you can be 95. If you're in pain, I suggest you give Relief Factor a try. Can't guarantee it'll work, but here's a tip. Almost 80% of people who order the three-week quick start for only $19.95, they go on to order it again. That's under a dollar a day to see if it can work for you like it did and does for me. And it's 100% drug-free. Honestly, if lowering or eliminating your pain for $19.95 sounds like too much money, then you must not be in too much pain. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. Relieffactor.com or call them 800-500-8384. Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Bogish. The hell's going on over yeah, there, man? What the sports what, news? Sports Feels, is happening. Yo, yeah, always, oh, never stops. Sports is happening. <laughs> I feel like we haven't talked to you in a long time for some it's been reason. Been a while. Yeah, it's only been an hour, but it feels like it's been longer than that. Thank you for missing me. Yep. I oh, what did you say? We missed you. I was talking to Greg. Oh, he didn't say me. You, you are extra saucy today. Hey, I, I am you. not. Mike, I is learned from it. you. Mike is Mike is at, is at his wits' end today with you. Is he? He's what happened, it. Mike? He's just had. What happened to your wits? You arrived. <laughs> oh damn! Wow! He's Straight to it. it. He's had it with you today. Who's the bitter man today? Hey mm. out there! How's your anger toolbox? Yeah. Not good. What's up with your anger? T- what did I do to you, homie? You came in. I said hi. That's true. That was a positive start. You're oh. right. Hold downhill from there. Uh, okay. De-escalate a situation and not allow your anger to get the best of you. Thank you. De-escalate, no. dog. Let's escalate. Pump the brakes. <laughs> or you get knocked out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm joking, America. I'm joking. I'm a better man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm a better man, dude. Uh, speaking of that, before we get to Bogus' <laughs> update, since we're now transitioning right into that. Um, so we've got some... Stuff that's already in the works now with the Bitter Man show because Mike said, if I've got a good idea, I'm not going to sit on it. I'm going to get right to this thing. So you got some stuff to play for us, Mike, from yesterday? Yeah, some of the imaging we've started to create here for the Bitter Man. Right. So, you know, when you hear the imaging for Better Man, it's just stuff like, let's build a Better Man. Why not? You know, stuff like that. So uh, he wanted to get started on the the Bitter Man stuff. So let's let's listen to some of that. Awful work life. Pete Meats sits next to me. Sitting on the couch and getting fat. My brain, everybody else's brain. Fat body, stupid mind. Worse life. From writing an email Brian does not read to getting yelled at from your program director because... He can. We are going to show you how to become a bitter man. (laughs) Haven't reached your full potential? We suggest you give up. Why become a better man when you can become a bitter man? Better? Overrated. Bitter? Hell yeah. Brian says he's the better man. (laughs) Whatever. Mikey B is the bitter man. Wow, I like this man. I think I like where this is going. I like where it's going. You know, there's I think there's a lot more. The market 
that you have for this. I think there's a lot more bitter people out there than people are trying to better themselves. I would completely agree with that. Yeah, a that lot, is good stuff. A lot more people ready to give up than I think are ready yeah. To, yeah. to fight the fight. Yeah. I like, yeah. boy, yeah. that was good. <laughs> I'm all for the bitter man now. I may have to invest. Oh, All right. exactly. that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Throw out a number, Mike. Now's the time. Ten grand. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars for. Well, give me man? another episode. Let me see another. Oh, episode. you need another yeah, episode. Yeah. Okay, we'll work on it over the weekend. Yeah, I'm meeting right. with my executive producer. All right, you meet Pete. with your executive producer. Beat <laughs> <laughs> your muse. He just shook his head. He's like, "No, we got to put that number higher." Before we you want more, Pete money. does the negotiating. You for want us. more than ten thousand dollars for your little startup bitter man show? That's right. That was funny. <laughs> That's good stuff. Wasn't meant to be funny. Why try? Just Why not? Up. Just give up. <laughs> Say the hell with it. Right. I Mike, suck. Mike's like, this wasn't a radio bit. This is for real. Why not? He's like, I mean, yeah, this is not a joke. <laughs> that, that is the tiny bit of sadness. All this, especially the body. References, because yeah. I know Mike that does eat at Mike that he what? thinks he's not in shape. He is in shape. I though. know, I know. Yeah, but that's why fat body got in there and that kind of stuff because that's that's where it gets real. No, he's he's in shape. I know he is, but I he mean, doesn't the, think the so. mind thing he was right about for oh, sure. Thanks. But the the in shape, he's definitely in shape. Yeah, oh, I guess that's a compliment. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, you're in good. No, you're in, you're tremendous shape. Yeah, I you. keep telling Thank him that, you. but he, you know, do I look fat? Wish I'd, you know, he, like I could he doesn't ask you that, does he? Yeah. What's really? wrong with what you? Are you Seriously. Dudes do that? Yeah, I know. What's Not going often, on there? Just once in a while. Why? Why? Is someone really? shaming you in your, no, in your my, life? Myself. You're, you're doing that to yeah. yourself? No, sometimes I wish I could shave a few pounds. Brian, you say the same stuff. Well, I don't ask you about gut. I'm talking to myself. Well, I'm talking to myself, and Andrew just listens to you the ask, conversation. You ask <laughs> Andrew Bogish if you look fat. You low. See? Do I? <laughs> I don't remember, honestly. Oh, Maybe wow. I did once or twice, but not often. It's not more than it's more than once or twice. Not often. Wow, Mike, what's wrong with you? Oh, man? Brian, I'll take back my investment. Oh, bummer. Oh, sorry, Mike. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. Okay, fine. Hey, Andrew, do I look fat? Do I look bloated? Yeah, does does this hooded sweatshirt make me look fat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're telling the truth. I mean, he doesn't look fat, though. I don't, he no, I I don't understand it. why this would even be. Like, all right, if you got issues with your OCD, whatever, mm. like you, you feel like you're stagnant in your career, those things I get. The the fat thing, I think that's just like an avalanche now. Now yeah. you're just hating yourself. You're just Your self-loathing has reached a new high. Yeah. Like, that's that's too much. Mm. Well, I've just put on a couple pounds since I've switched to these hours. Oh, me. stop. Oh, stop, you little whiny bitch. What are you... <laughs> Well, that, yes, then. <laughs> not whining. <laughs> Straight from the anger toolbox. <laughs> what was great about that was, from my perspective, I'm thinking, all right, because I'm now having this one-on-one conversation with Mike. I'm thinking, all right, this is one of those times that Brian checks out, right? Like, Brian's done. He's on Twitter. Yeah. He's like some Trump guy got on his case or whatever. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'll show up, you want a bitch. <laughs> Oh boy! I'm glad I to didn't... see you engaged in the show, Brian. <laughs> in <laughs> what uh... dude walking around asking other dudes? I look <laughs> what? Hey. Yeah, you disgusting First Amendment fat rights. body! Get out of my face! 
You, you know. look gross. Bogus is over, also overplaying this. I've asked a couple of times, and he's stirring. A couple, couple of times? times? But this is what he does. You know, this is not an everyday thing. Maybe 10 times but, in the year. But still, <laughs> Maybe 20 times. Okay, maybe every day, every hour for the last seven years with Andrew. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, wow. Like, I, I, I mean, you know me. I talk about weight and eating all the time. Right. Never have I asked a friend of mine, no. um, um, do I look fat yeah. in this? Like, well, I know. I, I know, respect right. Andrew's opinion. I, I mean, <laughs> but like, don't you know or you don't know? Right. No, I guess that's not. the problem. People no, have I, body images. Yeah. Now, in Mike's defense, I have talked him down a little bit. He used to send me pictures from the gym, like flexing and posing. No, no, you didn't. no that I've no, never no, done. That no, is not no, true. No, that's not true. That is a lie. Yeah, that's, that's not true. true. Oh, okay, I was that is say, a lie. You, you, right, a lie. you right. better not do that. Be the better man, Andrew. <laughs> that's that's not. That was true. for Pete. That that is. <laughs> That is. Yeah, see, Pete why? knows better than to ask us those questions. Uh, yeah, I learned why, a long time why? ago. <laughs> you know why. Man. Tell me something you like about yourself. Uh, my personality. My intangibles. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a bag of middle think, infielder? I You're intangible. I think I have a good sense of humor. I'm a 5 2 player. <laughs> I can play short and I think I'm, and I think third. I'm good with people. Which kind of people? Yeah. Not you. <laughs> Normal people. <laughs> I, can, I, I think I can read a room well and sense what's going on around me. What the hell is that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I can deal with adversity. I'm still stuck on it. <laughs> you can deal with adversity very well. I don't know. Maybe the that. best here in this uh, this network. The I network. I don't think so. I don't think. I mean, I don't think you've. No, I wouldn't go with that one. So the sen- sense of humor is off and on. I'll give you that one. It's more on than off. I don't know. Like, how many people would you rank that are funnier than Mike that are on the network? Like, who's got a better, like, go through the, like, Marash. at me? Like, Marash is funnier. Yeah, yeah. Marash Brian, is funnier. Brian doesn't know. Now okay. he's checked out. Marash is funny. Yeah, Marash is very funny. Marash is funnier. Jay yeah. Berman's funnier. Yes. Oh, mm. Samter sometimes. Burpee, oh. Berman, what? No. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Berman's, Berman's funnier. Yeah. I, he's he without is. a doubt funnier. Yeah. Dry sense of humor. Yeah, Berman's funnier. Berman oh. likes my humor. I make him laugh all the time. He always tells me how funny <laughs> I am. Oh, okay. Uh, not While Pete himself. But Pete the Buttons, that he's funnier than but that's Berman, not a person. Than, than that's Mike. a yes, it is. robot. It still counts. Pete. Yep, doesn't <laughs> count. Robot. <laughs> what about it. what about Tom? Either Tom? Uh, no, Mm-mm. no. All right, no. All right, no. Maybe I'm and this. ER. De- 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 <laughs> yeah. Both the Benedettos. Oh, all right. Well, you know what? Maybe you're funnier <laughs> than I thought. Uh, you know who's funnier than him? Um, what's that dude? Marinick. Dave Marinick. But that's so. Brian's not funnier than you, Mike. You got that going for you. Dave's funny, but it's by accident. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, not Dave, intentional. Right. It's just Dave being Dave is funny. You know, just like him walking by, like, "Hi guys," and he's got like a container filled with like kale and snot. You know, <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> it's true. It's fresh snot. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like he's a guy that would like. Like would pee his pants and wouldn't know it, you know, <laughs> just be walking around with a big stain. What? What's the problem? 
Oh, oh, not again. Ah, unbelievable. <laughs> that looks like Chile, doesn't it? <laughs> I got to clean this up. <laughs> like they, yeah, Dave's, Dave's not. He couldn't do like a, he couldn't do an hour. Martin's of, funnier. Martin Travers? No, he's not. Martin, the engineer? He's not? No, no sure he is. That guy's a cornball city. Hector's guy. funnier. Uh, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm kind of with Mike on this one. Now that I think about it, I think he's funnier. Than Maybe by default I'm funnier, but yeah, still funnier. Right, right. I mean, there's not a lot of options here. There's two other guys in a machine. Yeah, I mean, basically. Yeah. So, all right. All right, Mike, good. I'm glad you like yourself in some way. Love some, myself. Some way, shape, or form. I'm glad that you <laughs> like yourself. All right, Bogus. What's going on, man? Yeah, Bogus. You've been here a long time. I hadn't said a damn thing. Thanks, Greg. The Arizona Cardinals <laughs> started a crucial stretch of four home games in five weeks with a 22-16 loss to Seattle on Thursday Night Football. They are now 4-5. and five, So what's next, head coach Bruce Arians? Win next week. Come to work tomorrow and win next week. There's no other option. The Seahawks, meanwhile, are 6-3, and three, even in the win column with the Rams atop the division, but will not have Richard Sherman the rest of the season. A torn right Achilles for Sherman. Six other Seahawks, including new left tackle Dwayne Brown and safety Cam Chancellor, were knocked out of the win, and Seattle committed 12 more penalties, but a pair of Russell Wilson to Jimmy Graham touchdowns helped them overcome all the negative. The second U.S. Circuit Mike Court of Mike actually appeals, make you laugh there? He did. Do you think he's funnier than than you thought a couple minutes ago? <laughs> that was funny. But now I feel like I missed out on it. You guys good? I don't snitch. <laughs> it's all I'm, Greg. I'm fine. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is once again suspended. Has a hearing next on December 1st. He would miss four games. Nothing happens between now and then to get him back on the what? field. What's going to happen? Nothing. He has one more place to appeal to, apparently. Yeah. Uh, too much Clint Capella for the Cavaliers last night in Houston. Harden on Smith between the rings. Drives left. Pulls back. Long two in the air. Air ball. Rebound. Capella laid it back up and in. The Rockets own the glass tonight against the Cavs. 13 boards, 19 points for Capella. That put back sealed a 117-113 victory over the Cavs. Craig Ackerman called it on Rockets. Radio Cleveland has dropped 6 of 8. The Nuggets down the Thunder, 102-94. The Kings got by the Sixers, 109-108 on De'Aaron Fox's hoop with 13 seconds left. And the Wizards beat the Lakers, 111-95. And I'm sorry, Greg, but it keeps happening. Ran into a poke check from Cuckoo, and Stamp goes up. Ice Kudrov! Kudrov's got a breakaway! Kudrov and alone! Score! Kudrov! Dave Mishkin, Lightning Radio. Tampa, a 5-1 win in Los Angeles. They are 13-2-2 wow. on the season. Does they anybody care about that team? Do they? That guy does. Yeah, I know. They win it! <laughs> no, I mean, their TV ratings, their attendance. Does anybody care about that I haven't checked today. Team? Let me get back to you at 825. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's in! I'll forget about it by then. <laughs> God. Uh, you love him. No. That's why Andrew plays it, because he knows you love him. So one of the things that we wanted to accomplish by the end of the year was getting in studio one of these Instagram models named Katya Elise Henry. She's a fitness model. She's someone that uh, will stop Brian in his tracks and no matter what he's doing. Sometimes I like to pull, a, uh, pull up a picture and show him, and then all of a sudden he's gone for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So uh, we emailed back and forth, Mikey B did, with her manager, who's her mother, and all sorts of stuff. And then and she went to Australia or something else, and then you know Brian was willing to pay for her airfare and other things to get up here. It's just been a whole thing. 
So I don't know what the update is, but Mikey B put on the rundown a Katya update on whether or not we're going to get Katya Elise Henry in the Geo and Jones studio or not, and what's going on. Here is the email. Haven't forgotten about you. Maybe we can schedule something after the first of the year. Thoughts, smiley face. <laughs> Why is that funny? It's an emoji. <laughs> I did not respond to this one. That's from Mama? That is from Katya's mother. Uh-uh. I mean, it's it's just not going to happen now, is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, tell her it's got to happen in the next couple of weeks because of the holidays. And it's deep into football season now. We're taking time off. Yeah. It's over. It's over. Damn so. it. Tell her I'm have to come to Miami. Will do. You failed here, Mike. You failed. You had the resources here. Brian offered to pay for not only Katya, but the mother to make the trip up here, which is Brian makes basically every weekend outside of football season. Back and forth, back and forth, like nothing. Yep. Still couldn't get it done. Mm. Correct. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, it's a big disappointment. I thought it was going to be a good update. I thought this was going to be a positive update. I thought no. they were going to be like tomorrow. No, I mean, no today's is... Friday. Monday. So uh, <laughs> me me and my one-man production team will come down there. Okay. <laughs> one-man production team. <laughs> I'm the cameraman. I'm the reporter. I've seen yeah. it. <laughs> you know how you're doing those small markets? <laughs> yeah, right. Where, where, where's the microphone? Oh. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> Uh, it will arrive. That's terrible. All right. You started it. I know I did. All right. Coming up next, <laughs> a man I don't think should be a manager in Major League Baseball. And I've got some reasons why. We're coming right back. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Kapler, I see a guy that is way too into himself to be able to be a manager. Because <laughs> he likes to keep in good shape? No, there's there's a difference between being in good shape and what Gabe Kapler is. Like, Joe Girardi was in good shape. Yep. Right? The guy did CrossFit. Right. I mean, he was just, he kept really on top of himself when you'd see him in his uniform, look like a real fit guy. But he wore big clothes. Right. But Gabe, right. Yeah, exactly. So he was con- more concerned about being healthy than looking good. Ah. Gabe Kapler is way too into looking good. Did you see him this interview with the MLB Network yes, where he I basically was wearing like skin? Yeah. Like, I mean, it was like this yeah. skin tight thing. You could see veins popping through the shirt. It yep. was so tight. Yeah, he's ripped. I mean, and good for him. I'm not right. knocking him for being in great shape, but I just think like a guy like that, hmm. like I'm worried about him putting things ahead of himself. I am. Mm. I'm dead serious about this. You care about the Phillies or the coconut oil? Which one is it? <laughs> mm. Yeah, well. Mm. Both. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how it works out uh, because he apparently uh, he, he sold the Phillies on his, his managerial skills, and, and we'll see how it pans out. But, yeah, he's, he's always been a cat that was cut. When he played, you know, he walked out there looking like RoboCop. And, and, and even now at 42, he's still in, in, in great shape. And and we'll see if that uh, takes priority over managing this baseball team. 
Yeah, and I, I know that he's going to try to do a good job. I just, a guy with that type of personality, like that to me is total narcissism. It's like, I, I, you don't want to hire a narcissist to be your manager. I mean, someone who knows he's going on TV and puts a shirt on like that. Like, that would scare, if I was a Phillies fan, that would scare the hell out of me. I mean, he always wears shirts like that. Just yeah, I know. You are. But now he's the manager of the Phillies. Oh, so what, he has to be in a suit and tie? He needs to not look like someone who's coming out of Gold's Gym. Maybe he just worked out. It's stupid. He just worked out. I mean, listen, this is, you know what a manager looks like? A manager looks like Charlie Manuel. That's what a manager <laughs> looks like. Not he like this. He was funny. He was funny. <laughs> well, these are the new new managers of the 21st century. What? They're ripped and totally controlled by a front office? And that's another thing, too. <laughs> because front offices nowadays have all this power. And you're not going to get a manager in baseball that's got a lot of say anymore. You know, there's a couple of guys there like Madden and Francona. They've been around for a long time. But usually yeah. there's a new wave of managers. It's someone who's in lockstep with the general manager, and they're not going to get a lot of pushback. You're telling me Gabe Kapler's a yes man? That guy, is not, that guy doesn't take crap from anybody. Well, we're going to find out, and, and they do align he and that front office with all the analytics and things of that nature. He's bought into that, and that's how he's moved up uh, the ranks. And, and so I, I think he, when he went into that interview, he had to have said some things that are on the radar of the Phillies and, and which jive with the, in, the, in the same manner in which they want to move forward with this team. Do you subscribe to the theory that sometimes, like in a bar, people like a guy who's angry will look around and see like the biggest guy in a bar and want to fight him? You know, you see that stuff. Like, I'll take him out. He thinks he's so tough. I think that's stupid. I know. I think it's stupid too, but I think there's a psychology to that sometimes with machismo. Mm. Like, all right, let me find the biggest guy in here and let me go pick on him because I think I I could beat him up. Right. What if that happens in this Phillies clubhouse? Huh? And they look around and they look around the clubhouse like that manager thinks he's so tough. Go One of the players out. would oh, take yeah. on its boss? Oh, yeah. I'm seeing hmm. that happen. Really? I'm picturing that happening. Be hmm. like, you think you're so tough, you ripped, and you're trying to show us up in a bench press, you jerk. Uh, Too Tito, intimidating. Tito sits in the clubhouse and plays cards with his players. Is that showing them up if he wins? No, it's not because they're so, sitting there playing cards. He, okay. looks like a, he looks like a normal person. So, so Gabe Kapler, that's normal for a lot of people? I mean, this guy's like... Snorting pre-workout and <laughs> ripping the heads off of chickens. I mean, you don't need him to be the manager. Sure, you do. I bet you get walks all ar- your guys in shape. I bet you walks around naked constantly. <laughs> That's all he, he does. does. He probably just walks around naked constantly. All right. So the latest with this Leangelo Ball and the other UCLA players that are detained in China. Yeah. For why did you slam your fist? Because I was the... supposed to make a call and oh, get some insight oh, on this okay. situation, and I forgot. I was so busy. Yesterday. All right. So so now this uh, is good. UCLA <laughs> and Alibaba founder Jack Ma have gotten involved with this in a big way. Mm-hmm. I, I I figured the UCLA was going to be involved. Yeah. But Jack Ma is a influential man, and he's now involved trying to get these guys out of this thing. Jack Ma, a Chinese citizen worth an estimated $40 billion. With the B. So Look, this I'll is, pay for the glasses, okay? I got the glasses. But this is what kind of... Should these guys be getting this type of... That's how the world works, dude. You know I, know, I, know, I know it. I know it does, but I mean, should this be happening? Now, I don't, if I'm a Chinese justice, as I've said yesterday, the overarching <laughs> Chinese justice system, if I'm them, I'm like, no. 
Why? Just because they play basketball at UCLA? I don't care. You well, came up and you stole stuff. Yeah, but they're considered to be people of importance, even though they haven't done a damn thing yet for the Bruins. And as my friend who has lived in Hong Kong t- texted me yesterday, said someone will get their, 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 their palms greased and this thing will go away. So that's what's happening here. It happens around the globe. And, and I'm not likening China to a banana republic, but in some instance, it is. I don't like it at all, well, man. I don't like it. If it was your behind on the line, you'd like I it. I wouldn't do it. Right, you wouldn't do it. But let's say if it was your behind on the line, no, you'd like I'd, it. Well, yeah, but that's a totally different story. I mean, first of all, I would know better than to steal right? something in uh, China. I would agree. Or anywhere, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> I've never been in a situation like this. I yeah. mean, I'm not patting myself on the back, but when you're saying if you were in a similar situation, I've never put myself in a situation right. where I- a billionaire is going to bail me out because I'm an idiot. Well, true. Well, it's it's about who you know, not what you know. And, of course, they, they these guys made a huge mistake. I but want them in jail. They have folks come into their defense to get him out of trouble. And that we knew that's what would happen here. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just don't want... 40 billion! Yeah, I know. Damn! What is Alibaba? Is that a restaurant? Uh, no, uh, Alibaba was... Uh, I think they, they were in media. But oh, it's yeah? a huge conglomerate and a lot of things under its um, umbrella. Alibaba is a restaurant in Queens. I know that because <laughs> I passed it on the LIE. I'm not kidding. That's why. That's why I got that in my head. I've seen it. Uh, yeah, is it pretty good. I don't know. I have. I have not been to Alibaba. Uh, Alibaba dot com manufacturers, suppliers, exporters, and importers. Mm-hmm. Well, good for them. Yep. Good for Jack. Great um, for Jack. <laughs> Matt is in Buffalo. He's on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Matt? Good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you guys doing today? All right, wonderful. Matt, what's up? Um, well, first of all, I was going to comment on the baseball thing, but then I heard everything that Brian was saying. And, Brian, you always talk about how much time you spend in the DR. Come on, dude. You know how things work. There's no way that anything is any worse than it is in the DR. It's a beautiful country, but if you have any issues, a couple hundred dollars will make everything go away. Oh, I, I, I agree. I, I, it, it's a banana republic. You are so damn right. Yes. Okay. Money well, makes problems that. go away, and the same here. But you use the money in a different manner here. If you got money for excellent legal representation, that helps problems go away more times than not. Yes, it is. Uh, my point in the baseball thing that you guys were talking about with the managers, it doesn't necessarily mean that Gabe is going to be a yes man. It just means that the front offices are looking for people who, from a philosophical standpoint, are in lockstep with them. They don't necessarily have to... Uh, uh, be bullying the manager at this point, but if you get two people, the front office and the manager, that are going to be philosophically on the same page, that means they think alike. That means they don't have to always tell him exactly what to do because they're in agreement in theory. I don't like it. I think it's going to take the Mike Socias and the Joe Girardis and Terry Francona's of the world out of baseball, and I think we're seeing a huge shift right now, and baseball will never be the same. I, I-, I agree in that sense. But as a Yankee fan, they're talking about guys like David Cohn. They're even maybe talking about, uh, I believe it was Aaron Boone was the name that came up yesterday. I don't know necessarily if a guy, just because he's been in the media and just because he was successful as a player, you throw him right in the major leagues and it works out. I I don't know if that's going to work. How do you feel about that as Yankee fan? Well, Ed, Brian's the big Yankee fan in here. You didn't want to see Girardi go. I did not. Yeah. No. Yeah. And to me... 
it's when you it, on paper that makes a lot of sense when you're like, all right, this guy philosophically shares the same thing as me, but it's ne- it's never that easy. You know, because then the, the manager's around the player. Sometimes he has a feel. Yep. And then the, the GM saying no. And then there's going to be some sort of issue. I mean, with the Yankees, basically Brian Cashman has to hire a guy who's going to agree with everything he says. And yeah, then- it, it seems as though he does want a yes man. And someone who is more into the analytics than uh, than uh, Joe Girardi was. Yeah. Yes, the analytics. And analytics. <laughs> Coming right back. Gio and Joe, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.